Just imagine waking up inside a chamber with a smile on your face. Smile on your face. Captain Abduction. That was Captain Abduction by Nuclear Bubble Wrap. We are 40 going on 14, and my name is Michael. I'm Patrick. Hey, I'm not muted. (laughs) And I'm Josh. And I'm glad to see we're getting movies on both the third and the fourth kind. I'm looking forward to future films about more different kinds, like the 16th kind, where you encounter an alien several years post-last probe, and you have awkward conversation in a coffee shop because you've met eyes and you promise to catch up sometime but you don't really mean to or hey maybe the 22nd kind where the aliens turn up at your favorite bar on a saturday night and keep requesting that the dj play the cha-cha slide <laughs> that that really happened bring it back now y'all <laughs> now I'm, gonna, I'm imagining an alien doing the cha-cha slide of <laughs> yeah like that one with the really long legs and arms out of the Close Encounters. He's all like snipping around. You know, <laughs> That'd be back. Awesome. <laughs> Let me see you clap your hands. <laughs> and he falls over. <laughs> I'm not capable. I'm not good on the turns. <laughs> so <clears throat> this week we are talking about Close Encounters. Close Encounters of the Third Kind and the Fourth Kind. And never before have there been so much comparing of apples to oranges <laughs> as we are in this show right now. But before that, guess what we've got? Pants? Crabs. This Not crab. week in music, movies, and TV. Bell this week in... Flat. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say his Richard Belzer is flat? <laughs> That's what is that nice. exactly? Is it some sort of sexual innuendo? What's a Richard Belzer? To UrbanDictionary.com. <laughs> <laughs> so what year are we doing this weekend? We're doing 1977. You really don't know who Richard Belzer is? 1977, the year Richard Belzer. Are you asking me if I don't know who Richard Belzer is? I know who Richard Belzer is. I wanted to see if his name was any sort of sexual Wait a minute. Act. Is, Rich, is Richard Gere related to Richard Belzer? Isn't that how it works? He was attached no, to No, it's play. his last names have to be the same, not first names. Uh, oh, like so you're, you're not, not? You're not related to Joel McHale. And you're not related to Patrick Stewart? No. Damn it. Yeah. Why did I sleep with you then? <laughs> However, I am related to the Joshua who fought the Battle of Jericho. Oh. <laughs> Do you have your own tree, too? You should write a song about that. <clears throat> Want to hear it? Here it go. How do you spell Belzer? B-E-L-Z-E-R. Here, okay, here it, it isn't defined. We have we have an open opportunity here. We can make Richard Belzer into whatever act we want. I think it should involve cheese, a basket, and, <laughs> and Dr. No- or Mr. No-Nos. And me and Mr. No-Nos. He lost his doctorate? He did. Anyway, this week in 1977. <laughs> but Joel tried to insist he wasn't a doctor, so I was. He's Mr. No Nose, not Dr. No Nose. Yeah, see, I He's tried. He's not to... a Bond villain. I didn't. He could be. Yeah, I wanted to be a doctor. Bond. I didn't spend eight years in No Nose school to be called Mr. <laughs> 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 no Nose school. <laughs> That's a thing. 
They have it in Boston. (laughs) So anyway, March 10th, 1977, A&M Records signs the Sex Pistols in front of Buckingham Palace in a big old ceremony. The contract is terminated on March 16th (laughs) as a result of the band vandalizing property and verbally abusing employees during a visit to the company's office. Well, who didn't see that coming? Yeah, seriously. It's like an episode of WKRP. I'm kind of surprised they got out of Buckingham Palace without vandalizing property, actually. No, they weren't in. They were in front of Buckingham Palace. They, were, you know, they wouldn't let they them in. They wouldn't let them in. <laughs> they, got, they got kicked out of being in front of the building. That's how bad it was. <laughs> they got guards with teddy bears on their head to stop that sort of thing. Wait, if you're kicked out of being in front of the building, doesn't that mean you have to come inside? <laughs> yes. It so you have to go opposite. behind it and hang in the dumpsters. <laughs> you are kicked in. <laughs> March 11th, 1977. What? What? (laughs) Walt Disney releases the many adventures. Adventures? Adventures? Many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Three animated shorts where. This is the point where I tell you guys that I absolutely hate Winnie the Pooh. And it's not mini like mini, like M I N I. Although I mean, I have have a hatred for Winnie the Pooh. Why? Not that it matters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I I love the rest of the characters, but that that stupid teddy bear, I want to punch him in the face. Hey, Pat, I bet you have a hug for me. That sounded like the rock monster from NeverEnding Story. I've never seen the NeverEnding Story. He's still got the Boston accent. <laughs> they look like big, strong hands. <laughs> it's raining outside again. Everything's so sad. What's wrong with Winnie the Pooh? Because he steals honey? Why, get, no, why am I still doing the Boston? Because he's a giant, he's a giant vagina. That's, I mean, you that's like basically it. What? You, like? you must have seen a different version you know, than I, I mean, saw. He's just, he's just such a bitch that he drives me nuts. I, I, Winnie I the Pooh. What? Winnie the bitch. You're anyway. terrible, Patrick. You have he's no every s- man. He he's, is. Yeah. He's not this man. Every man. I'm barely Wait, Patrick is man. every man, or Winnie the Pooh is every pa- man. Patrick would be like the yellow rabbit. All wound up and grown carrots. Until he is, is doing something else and he's not. Let- All right. So anyway, movies. <laughs> Airport 77 came out on March 11th, Wait. paving the way for such classics as Airplane. Yay. What year did that <laughs> come out? Airport 77. Yeah, what year did it come out, though? 7-7. Seven, seven. Is that Roman numerals? first? Oh, I didn't realize it actually came out in the year of, 70, of 77. Yeah, all of these are 77. No, but I, I didn't, when I when I first no, heard he of Airport realize. 77, I didn't realize it actually came out in 1977. I thought it was like, you know, it came out in 1980, and it was like a... Just a clever name? Well, it was like a throw. Like, <laughs> this happened in 1977. There was an airport, and things happened. But it came out in like 1982 or something. I hope to God you're joking. I'm not. That's the funny thing is I really <laughs> wish I was. You, you know that the War of 1812 happened in 1812, right? Wait, what? <laughs> We're going down a dark hallway with this now. <laughs> so anyway, Annie Hall was released on April 20th. I think Patrick actually likes something in that one. So Yeah, I love Annie Hall. It's one of my favorite yeah. Woody Allen movies. Mine too. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite scene in it is, is in the kitchen when the, all the lobsters are loose. And Woody, Woody Allen's like, well, maybe we should just put a dish of butter and some crackers down here, and he'll think he you know, he should run the other direction. I think my favorite bit is with Christopher Walken. After he's already confided that sometimes when he's driving in traffic, he just gets this impulse to drive into a truck oncoming. Right. And then later he has to drive them somewhere. <laughs> and just the look on Woody Allen's face watching him, waiting for him to kill them all. It's like riding with Pat. Hey, I have never been in an accident in my life, sir. Dude, Not I was in an accident yet. today. 
Oh, gee. Did I have no, it was that? One of those, no, it's just one of those <laughs> simple, like, you're pulling out of a parking spot one way, and someone, like, back into the left is pulling out the other way, and neither of you is really mm. looking, so you end up bumping directly into each other. Yep. So, yeah. That's how yeah. babies are made. <laughs> we would have been hit by that van going on to the Expresso that one time if all eight of us in the back seat yeah. had screamed oh, at the shit. same time. Oh, I'm not saying I haven't had close calls, but I've never been in one. I, I've managed to avoid them every time. Knock on wood. Yeah. I had an accident yeah. in my pants. That's not true. Yes, it is. Josh's pants. Don't tell him. <laughs> it's a secret. So, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> was, well, first off, we're going to play, hey, Josh. I was hoping to hear the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> really don't want to go down that hallway either. My pants so are Josh, a hallway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Narnia down there. I don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, he's got a guy with goat legs. It's Uh-oh. Mr. Tumnus. That's the name of Anyone want to talk to Mr. Tumnus? <laughs> he's a horny goat. He's a horny little fawn. Oh, man. Oh, oh that's God. awesome. So anyway, uh, hey, Josh, do we have a voicemail? We have no new voicemails. We don't have any emails either. Aww. We decided to put this part at the front of the show. Ah, before we've said something offensive and someone has decided to turn the podcast off so they know how to contact us now. Wait, I can turn this off? So this way, yeah, so this way when we say something offensive, they'll have a way to get in contact with us and yell at us. They already know how to yell at me. (laughs) If you'd like to be featured on the air at some point, you can give us a call at area code 708-669-9727 or 708-NOW-RAP, W-R-A-P. Or you can email us at 40go14 at gmail.com. Like a present. You can also, like a present. <laughs> no, that's not like a present. The phone number's like a present. You can also contact us on Facebook. Send us a message. Post a, a link on there. See, we got, we're chatting. We're talking. It's friendly. Not too friendly. Not Mr. Tumnus friendly. <laughs> I'll get friendly if you want, though. You don't want that. You'll get pregnant. You'll get knocked up. <laughs> Left in a gutter. Ditch. Hole. Down the basket. Basket, basket, basket. basket. It's a basket, yes. A basket. It's a bag. Yeah. Of, it's a basket in a box. But I don't want to go in the basket. basket. Kid, you bother me. <laughs> what movies did we watch this week, guys? I don't remember. We watched Close <laughs> Encounters of the Third Kind and then the not even close sequel, The Fourth Kind. No, spoilers. What? No, I'm saying they're well, not really not sequels. Really. <laughs> they just have similar oh, names. Okay. Oh, okay. Not saying anything about the they're quality both about, of the They're both about alien contact, <laughs> alien abduction, More or less. theoretically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's about as close as they get. And the, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh is theoretically the about... They both have the word kind in the title. Hmm? Yes, and they both have credits. <laughs> they both have and actors act- in it. Yes. And they ended. So, Close Encounters... What and it? they ended. They did. Yes. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. No, uh, came story. Up. Are you done? I'm done. <laughs> Close Encounters of the Third... <laughs> God damn it! Close Encounters You're of the Third beautiful. Kind. <laughs> get in the basket. The show went to hell. So anyway, Close Encounters by Mike, yes. Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out in 1977, uh, November 16th. Quick roll call. How old were you in 1977? I was five. I was my niece's age. Mike? I was five. I was four. I no, was three. one. I was three. <laughs> you, you were one. Shit. Wow. I was one. Wow. So you were that kid in the back making all the goddamn noise. Yeah. <laughs> No, so it's starring Richard Dreyfuss as Roy Neary. I was I was going to say he was one. He was still in diapers, but then I realized, wait, no, he still is. But I was Aww. reading. He was reading. He just <laughs> couldn't true. tell anybody about it. Uh, interestingly about this film, it was uh, Columbia Pictures' most successful box office uh, release of the late 1970s. 
It uh, grossed $116.39 million in North America and $171.7 million in uh, foreign markets. Wow. For 1977, for for a science fiction movie that came out the same year as Star Wars, that's saying a lot. Now, this a movie, lot this movie was think. huge. I mean, I remember it was like a, a, a cultural phenomenon at the time. Everybody wanted to go see it. It was a water cooler conversation. Everybody was talking about it. I actually do remember seeing this movie when I was, uh, when I was five. I don't remember much about it, but I remember actually being in the theater. At the, and I remember the only thing that I remember from the movie from when I saw it in the theater was uh, – the final scene, the giant ship, and the, and all the aliens walking around. That was the only thing that stuck in my brain as a kid. So it was where's fun all to watch the toys it. then? If this was so popular, where's all the toys from it? Well, that was one of the things. It wasn't really that marketable because the aliens at the end, you know, you never really get a clear, you know, idea of them at all. You just get this vague look at them. You don't get any idea of their personality, any of anything. So there really wasn't anything for kids to like latch onto, and you know. Because, like I said, all I re- all I remember about the movie was just you know there were aliens that you know hey, in bright lights. I want a Richard Dreyfuss action figure. <laughs> hey, and then you could have a Terry Gar action figure, and she'd freak the fuck out. <laughs> Press the button. <laughs> yes, like, and, and bail on you immediately. <laughs> like don't even... <laughs> and never come back. Yeah, well, well, let's let's get to that, but let's let's go through the film because uh, yeah, I, I don't know let's about see. you guys. Did you guys see it? Pat saw it when he was five. What about the rest of us? I did not see it at the theater. I saw it on Laserdisc when uh, we rented the <laughs> Laserdisc and the Laserdisc player from the place down the street back in eighty four eighty five. What? I, I remember we owned this on Betamax. I didn't watch it at home, but I remember. you're laughing. You're laughing at me watching I, something on Laserdisc and you owned a Betamax. That's why. That's why it's funny. <laughs> okay, let's let's get for those of you out there who have not seen this movie. Here's an encounter with UFOs. The line worker feels undeniably drawn to an isolated area in the wilderness where something spectacular is about to happen. Yes, that is the very, very thin-down plot. Yeah, you know, I saw this <clears throat> when I was pretty young, and uh, watching it again, I realized that the last time I saw it, I didn't fully comprehend the movie. Like, I didn't actually get it, and I certainly didn't remember enough of it. I, I was glad we had the opportunity to watch it again. Same here. Oh, I love watching this. Made the kids sit down and watch it, and they actually, one of those moments where they all stuck around instead of, I'm like, Daddy's watching his dumb movies again. Yeah, this is boring. I want to go. <laughs> Richard Dreyfuss is Roy Neary. Francois Truffaut, who is actually a uh, French director yeah. uh, in this. Terry Garr as Ronnie Neary. J. Patrick McNamara, There's, come on. And uh, Bob Balaban. Everybody knows Bob Balaban. Patrick Manera. Yeah, come on, Bob Balaban. Bob Balaban. You know who Bob and Balaban the, is. Okay. Lance Henriksen. Well, he was a small part. Bob, Bob Balaban was a main character. Don't you, you guys all know him? He's Bob, Bob Balaban. Yeah, you Let see. Me see his picture. Oh, yeah. He's done yeah, he's lots Russell, of stuff. He's a Russell Dow ripple from the Seinfeld. And don't forget uh, Melinda Dillon, who was uh, the single yes. mom of the little kid, Barry. <laughs> yeah. Yes, cute, cute. and also the mom from Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. So. Wait, I didn't tell you when yeah. I saw this. We didn't First ask. time I saw this. Well, we were all given a roll call, you douchebag. What, did you see it at your private theater at home? No, I watched this uh, thanks to the link you sent me on my laptop, and that was the very first time I've ever seen it. Oh, really? Wait, what? Really? As much of a film buff as I am and have gone to film school and claimed to be quite the film aficionado, I've never seen this until two days ago. Well, I'm glad we watched it then. So I can now check it off my list. Well, nice. Huh. I, I can't believe that you have not you had not seen this. The only thing I've ever seen from this movie is that where the windows blow out. That's the only part I've ever seen. The rest really? of it was all all new. So I'm I'm curious for a guy who has watched bunches of movies with 
you know, with the way effects have gone over the years, gotten better and better and better. Mm-hmm. What was your take on the movie? As far as the effects go? Well, as far as effects and, mm-hmm. you know, just as everything. I mean, what were you, well, what is your take on as the first time of seeing this? Well, when it started out, and here's the funny thing is, is our, our mutual friend, Matt Massey, um, told a story about how his parents took him to the drive-in theater and he has a he has an irrational loathing of this movie because they took him there because it was a double feature with this in Star Wars. <clears throat> he fell asleep during this movie, so he never saw Star Wars in the theater. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, geez. So he hates this movie with a passion. So when I came into it, I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's what I got to look forward to. And it's it does suffer from the 70s pacing, which if you are not akin or attuned to that, it's a little hard to deal with. But having watched lots of 70s movies, it's 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 actually pretty good as far as that goes. But I mean, I think the it's effects just the wallpaper that make that, that makes it feel like the pacing is off. The wallpaper is terrible. And all the 70s movies. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's a lack of music. They didn't use a lot of soundtrack back then. Um it seems like, and just just the editing and the pacing. Sometimes it just kind of it's kind of falls flat. It might have something to do with the sound, but anyway, <clears throat> I thought the effects held up. Um, I think they were mostly practical. I think across the board, I don't think they had anything much else to use. Oh yeah, all the effects were 100 percent practical. Everything was made in miniature. Was made in different. What can we do? It. <laughs> I'll tell. I will talk more about the effects later on. But yeah. keep going. The only thing with the effects that threw me off a little bit was the flashing lights that flew by earlier on in the story. I mean, as as a movie as a whole, I I was really impressed and I understood kind of why it's the classic it is. I'm not a Dreyfus fan, other than What About Bob. Um, I like Terry what? Gar, but she disappeared fairly early on in the movie. Um, I didn't like the way she disappeared. And the whole ape shit thing that was going on with Dreyfus, I wasn't quite sure about. But the ending was a payoff, and I was a little bit torn about the actual last shot. Because I don't know what I was expecting. I knew there was just going to be a big buildup, and then everything was going to come all over my face, and then it was going to be over. Just like every other day. But uh, (laughs) that's what I do for a living. Not really. But it it kind of took me by surprise. By surprise. Surprised? Surprise! Pickle surprise! I'm glad you liked it. It's but interesting I, that you uh, talk about Terry Gar, and w- when we uh, get into like talking about the scenes, I have a little bit to say about her. But uh, Spielberg has said that his biggest regret with this film was the way her character was portrayed. Yes, it should, I it agree should with be you. his biggest regret, honestly. Yeah. Well, on interviews, he actually has said that he would have not made Roy leave his family to go into outer space. So that would probably would have oh. changed the whole interaction with Terry Gar. Also, right. by the way. It came out in 1977. I haven't there seen it no until spoilers. two days ago. So, well, I got news for you. If you well, watch, if you listen to a podcast about Close Encounters and you haven't seen it, then you get what you deserve. Okay, fair enough. Go on. So he leaves on the spaceship with the aliens, and then the movie ends. And he looks very happy <laughs> about it. He was like very pro. He had that proby smile. But on yeah, his face. if they change, if they change the way he and his wife, you know, their dynamic and everything, then he can't leave at the end. You know, so you're right. That's well, true. Yeah, I mean, he basically just wanted to get off the. Uh, same planet as this terrible family. Yeah. Which I have never seen two children that I wanted to throw out of the house more than those two boys. <laughs> what was with this in the very beginning when you first meet he's, the family? Yeah, the kid beating the doll. Yeah, he's standing in the playpen just beating a doll against the edge of the playpen to the point where the legs and the arms and everything else falls off. When he first climbed in there, I thought it was his. I was like, isn't he a little bit old for that thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, and then I saw that. So that there was a uh, another child in there. Five kids altogether. One of the things I liked about this is that two films that we watched had different perspectives on attempting to make their stories appear realistic. In this uh, particular movie, 
what they did is they showed scenes from everyday life and slowly turned the weirdness up. Like, yeah. Fight with the family, or sitting around watching TV, or going to work, or whatever, and the weirdness <clears> just <throat> starts to build slowly. I really like that. Yeah, yeah, and it's and part of me also likes the. I do kind of like the way that Terry Gar reacted to a point where she was initially at the very beginning was just you know this is like pushed it off. And we're supportive like, at the oh, beginning here. Yeah, yeah, the beginning, yeah, this is something that you saw. Yeah, okay, I believe you, blah, 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 that sort of thing. But then at one point she kind of wigged the shit out. I will when he wouldn't stop freaking out about the mountain, is what she, she Well, kinda... it was even before that for me when I checked out. When your spouse is losing their shit and all they want is a hug, you don't push them away. Exactly. That yes. scene, exactly. Yeah, if you do, you are a fucked up, terrible person. Yep, exactly. Yeah, don't if all he want at that point he knows he knows shit's going down. He knows something's wrong. He is saying to her, "All I want is for you to hold me. Just do it." Yeah, when, when when her character did that, I, I was actually taken aback. I was like, "Wow." And what's interesting is, with the possible exception of her, you've got a film that doesn't really have any bad guys. No, you don't even have the evil, you know, the government agents either, because in you know in the end they're like, okay, come on, they obviously want you here, so come on with us. Yeah, they don't right. try to kill they, him or stab him or nothing. Turns out that they didn't actually kill any of the livestock. They were trying to keep people away because they weren't sure everything was safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just put him to sleep with the gas. I mean, you could even which, make a t- case for Terry Gar, although she wigged out. She did it to protect her family. I mean, there's no real bad guys here. Nope. Well, maybe that oldest son. Maybe he's a serial yeah. killer. He's actually Dexter as a child. Yeah. What kind of what kind of freak out is Crybaby? <laughs> you see your father <laughs> crying, and your your first reaction is to call him a bitch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's like. That's how I got kicked out of the I house. Like, I, I remember. I remember the only time I ever saw my father cry. It freaked me the fuck out. I didn't be like, ah, yeah, baby. <laughs> Nah, yeah, big baby. I got a question. Yeah. I mean, if that happens, you're like, oh my God, this shit's hitting the fan. What is going on here? Yeah. I have a question. What's up? Okay. So, well, it's a two part question. Well, one, there was a question and a comment. First of all, (laughs) these are advanced aliens that can obviously build ships that can fly and maneuver in ways that we don't understand, yet they can't make a ramp that's not slippery. Um, (laughs) It's it's made out of like Teflon or something, but I'm trying to figure out still to this day. Two maybe days later, <laughs> maybe why the aliens were three different like styles. Like one was spidery. Then there was all the little fat baby ones. And then there was the tall, skinny, traditional gray. And I, I kind of was a little confused. I know they had to have the little baby ones because they needed to show a bunch of them. And so they just had people in suits. But the gray one, the last one was obviously a <laughs> maybe a man with some, you know, effects going on. But then the then the big spidery one, they just I don't know, they didn't match up to me, and it just kind of bothered me. A maybe maybe, bit. maybe their lifespan, like you turn you turn it like the the little tiny things were the infant type or whatever, the early stage, and then the one guy that did the hand signals was like a middle aged alien, and the big long limbed guy was like an old guy. Yeah, that's what the girls asked. Actually, asked me that question: and how come they look so different? As I'm, that was my guess. They're all different ages, or maybe they're different species that uh, are on a cross species mission. I mean, there were a lot of different types of ships. There could be a hierarchy. The spidery ones are in charge, and yeah, they have that, like a universal UN kind of thing. Yeah, something like that. Oh, 
Yeah. It's like a traveling Star Wars cantina, basically. <laughs> it turns out all this is is like the, the, the alien equivalent of of like a Grateful Dead, <laughs> they just follow. They're just a bunch of deadheads following a band, and that, that lives in that giant space. <laughs> they're just touring around the universe. <laughs> do, 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 do. So talking talking about this being a Star Wars thing, uh, in the mothership, it is possible to see R two D two, the in the in the big the very in the tower type thing. The sci- the SFX people they needed more detail to the ship, so they just started gluing shit to it. <laughs> So there's R2-D2, the shark from Jaws. Uh, <laughs> there's some jets, like some jet fighters. They glued those on there, and they just basically they needed more stuff going on. They just painted started it putting all? more stuff. <laughs> yeah, and just, and just painted it. It actually currently, the model for the ship hangs in the uh, museum in New uh, Washington, D.C. Nice. Yeah, Smithsonian, yeah. It's Terry Garst and if you're there, you can act. No, she is actually an exhibit. Oh, okay. I thought they glued her to it, too. She's she's in a cage. She's like, two weeks. So. She turned into Anne Ramsey all of a sudden. <laughs> Get over here, you clumsy pope. <laughs> I wouldn't have any friends. <laughs> so in. it says, uh, partially to answer your question, the small aliens in the film were played by local girls wanting to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now it goes downhill. Between 8 and 12 years old. Oh, um, oh, girl, oh. They were, he got, Steven Spielberg got girls instead of boys because he felt that they moved more gracefully and probably were less likely to smack each other around with the rubber hands they put on them. <laughs> I was going to say, in the suits, they can't yeah, move too gracefully, but the hands thing I get. Yeah, that's yeah, sexier. Out of each other. Oh, God. <laughs> and then Barry, in the in the whole scene where Barry's looking, the little boy's looking out the front door. Oh, yeah. And he gets all excited. And, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Spielberg, they had, they, they called him one-shot Barry, one-take Barry, I mean. Because it seems like every time they did a shot with him, it took one take and that was it. Nice. And they were done. They actually had a little T-shirt made up for him. <laughs> but for the scene where they opened up the door and he's smiling and doing all that stuff, looking out the door, Spielberg had two crew members, one each of them hiding in boxes, one dressed as a gorilla and one dressed as a clown. <laughs> <laughs> and they came out of the boxes and were like dancing around. And then that's why he was laughing. What's in the box? If, went, if that appears on my doorstep, I'm probably going to giggle like that too. What's in the box? Yeah. And then, and then when the uh, at, at the very end where he starts laughing out loud he had the gr- guy in the gorilla suit take off his mask and then he saw that it was a guy in a suit and he started laughing at it <laughs> so that's why he got i mean some very genuine acting from that kid yeah it was a kid. <clears throat> so stop it with all that <laughs> when all of his yeah. i didn't say he was sexy i said he was cute when all of his toys started freaking out right at the beginning of the movie i'd forgotten how creepy that was how creepy would it be to be the mother to wake up to that <laughs> he was excited the little but, kid was yeah, yeah. well Took a while too. I mean, all, I mean, when his age, all the toys start lighting up. Yeah, you're gonna be excited about it. But how asleep was she? <laughs> all those things go off at once, man. I, one of my kids farts and I hear it and wake up. <laughs> oh yeah, but I've heard your kids fart. It's pretty loud. Yeah, that's true. It is pretty nasty. <laughs> Uh, in the end music, you can actually hear the Jaws theme, mm-hmm. and for a brief moment, uh, when you wish upon a star. Yep. And the dog that they throw down the ramp is actually Steven Spielberg's. Incidentally, <laughs> the dog could not walk on the ramp because it's made of Teflon. Yes. <laughs> I bet he was glad to get his dog back from the aliens. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, oh, and um, the dinner scene right before Roy starts piling on, makes a little mashed potato mountain. You know, this means something. <laughs> Uh, his daughter, you can hear his daughter go, there's a fly in my potatoes. That's actually uncut <laughs> and almost lost the uh, the cast, uh, almost lost it on that point. So they, <laughs> but they kept it in there. So I didn't notice that. No, I did. I did. 
I was like, so, what is going on? But no, the movie, honestly, I think for going from the very beginning where they find the jet fighters or not when they find the uh, old prop fighters in the in the desert and then later on when they find the the ship i think i mean they immediately draws you in yeah. you can definitely tell that this is a spielberg movie this is something that's going to take you somewhere else that, that whole opening scene i kept rubbing my eyes <laughs> cuz you were high well yeah and, and and then yeah never mind yeah oh, i know how it is bad <laughs> I just kept. I mean, it was it was so well done. I just kept imagining the sand in my eyes and stuff. It was really well done. I really. Oh yeah. yeah. I thought. I mean, I thought overall the whole thing was very well done. I mean, true. Start to finish. Yeah. When the effects uh, were done by Douglas Trumbull, who is known for such things as Blade Runner, Star Trek: The Motion Pictures, Picture. Um, 1972, he did a movie called uh, Silent Running, and I don't know. Have any of you guys seen the Andromeda Strain? I have not. I have not either. I, w- I watched the miniseries, but I didn't see the original. The original is really good. It's based off of the uh, Michael Crichton book, and he also was the special photographic effects supervisor for 2001: A Space Odyssey. So he did have, had a great uh, uh, roster of things that he had done before this. One of the things that I found really cool is that the alien ships, when they're flying over the street, you see them are such good detail when they're going over the when they fly over the sheet when they fly over the uh, uh, the crowd. Yeah, yeah, standing when they're there. taking the freeway, but right before they, you know, the cops trying to chase them. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the um the reason they look so good is because they filmed that scene in seventy two millimeter film. Joel, correct me if I'm wrong. Is there a seventy two millimeter film? I believe so. Okay. We're going to say yes, thing, there is. Good thing you went to film school. Yes. <laughs> I shot on 16 millimeter. He just, he just went okay, there so for they, the coffee. He, he didn't really go yeah. there. I didn't drink coffee until this year, like two months ago. Not Fine, even that long. Why is my voice going up? You went there for the Dr. You, Pepper? Get in the basket. Yes, there's 72 millimeter film. Yes, yeah, 72 millimeter film. They shot the film. They shot the scenes in 72 millimeter yeah, and then laid it so over. Reduced, 72 millimeter film. Yes, 72 millimeter basket. And they reduced it down to 35 millimeter for what they were filming the movie in, and then they blew it back up with the original film to 72 millimeter, and that's why it looks so detailed. Cool. Yeah. And then the clouds were done when the the cloud ring came around the mountain, came around Devil's Tower, and the clouds rolled in from the sky when they abducted the little boy. Those were all done by mixing in paint and ink in salt water. Yeah, they do a lot of cloud effects in in water. You just dump things in, in a big old fish tank and film it. Yeah, that was yeah. cool oh. when when she looked at went outside and uh, saw that in the distance. That was badass. Yeah. yeah, it was. Sorry, what were we gonna say, Josh? Me? Yeah, you. Oh, okay. Well, I, very interesting. I, no, no, I actually uh, had something, but uh, guy, I wasn't trying to uh, speak up. But while you're uh, turning to me, I will say one thing I found real interesting is the way this movie was almost cast. Roy Neary, the first choice for Roy Neary was Steve McQueen, who actually liked the script but thought he was wrong for the part. He didn't think he could be emotional enough. He didn't think he could cry on cue. Um, Al Pacino and Gene Hackman uh, turned down the part. Dustin Hoffman turned down the part. Jack Nicholson almost got it but had a scheduling conflict. Basically, Dreyfus uh, kept going back over and over, basically begging for the part until he talked uh, Spielberg into casting him. And good, because he was perfect for yeah. this. So I, it'd be interesting to see like Jack Nicholson in this role. Yeah. Uh, Gerard Depardieu almost <laughs> played uh, Claude Lacombe. Huh. Um, I think Truffaut did better. Yeah. I, I, uh, he, his portrayal was spot on what it needed to be. He was just likable enough, but still French. 
Uh, Terry Gar actually auditioned for uh, Jillian, the single mother, and uh, Ermy, Amy Irving auditioned oh. for Ronnie. I thought you were going to say Arlie Ermy auditioned. No. <laughs> no, Amy Irving of Yentl and uh, like Carrie. Yeah, she, stop playing oh, yeah. with your mashed potatoes. That would have been a totally different movie. Yes. So <laughs> I'm just saying. And would have been a different movie. Get out of the house, young man. There are not aliens. They're all gonna lie. Now this now this was a scene a scene that really didn't seem to stand out too much, but one of the scenes that I liked a lot was when for some reason or another the Air Force decides that they're going to sit down with the town and talk about what was flying over there flying around the night before. (laughs) And the old man stands (laughs) up. (laughs) Uh, I see. I've seen Bigfoot. Like, oh, God, this is what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Frank, you're not helping our case here. There's <laughs> always one. <laughs> yeah. So, Did they ever explain why the ship was in the desert, though? I mean, I know they took away the ca- the crew and they, you know, uh, kept them for decades. But, like, they, these things just, like, randomly were appearing in the wrong places in the world. I never quite understood that part unless I miss something. Well, I'm not sure that the aliens necessarily understood everything about the people they were taking at first. And they were trying to communicate a little bit at a time and they were getting a little bit of it uh, around the world. Like in India, people were starting to sing the music back to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And eventually people tried to specifically like, okay, let's play the music at them and see what happens. And then they showed up at the coordinates where the aliens told them to meet them. And they decided to add the lights to the music to try and solidify the, hey, this is how things work here. We're uh, all sentient. Let's get some sort of cultural exchange going instead of all the probing and whatnot. Did anybody else have a good giggle when they're like, careful, that's a $3,000 globe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They just roll it right out the I'm door. Like, 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 why did you need to roll that out of the room? Why could you just, just turn the lights on in the room you're in and look at the globe right there? Just bring up Google Maps. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so funny. I, I, there were a couple times during this movie. I'm like, wow, this would be completely different if the internet was around back then. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Like you have all these these you know images of this t- this tower in your head. So you just go into Google and you type you know what you're looking for. Uh, mountain like you know whatever and you get all these images and you're like oh there it is that's it oh that, okay i'm going to devil's tower yeah with the military not knowing the numbers popping up over and over and over again and they don't know what they mean yeah, they don't know exactly. what they mean and the one guy who's there just because he speaks mo- you know moderate friend yeah he's like oh i used to do maps yeah. these are coordinates no, and then i, I immediately google knew, knew the they were coordinates even though i couldn't remember this movie i was, I was like those look like coordinates his <laughs> name was babel google because he could translate and he had map knowledge. Yes. That's not true. What? His name's Bob Balaban. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, you were saying how different it would be if they made it this year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just so, so much that the Internet now gives you that, you know, back in the day, you know, it's just funny. Well, you know. know what they could do it, though, now, because they could do the sequel be closer encounters of the third kind. And when the ship came and landed and the, the little slippery slope opened, Richard Dreyfus now would come out. And it would make sense. Well, it would make sense because in the oh, movies they were the same age, age but yeah. they could digitally enhance him so he looks the same, <laughs> and that ruins the whole place where I was going. But right. Shut up, well, and then they introduce the whole internet angle, and you've got like Devil's Tower on Foursquare. Fifteen aliens have checked in here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alien spaceship. Google Maps, <laughs> drawing it in there. 
don't go this way. There's, you know, there's an army here stopping you. Here's a, a new route to go around. They're there, to, they're there to confiscate all the copies of Avatar to, you know, stop all the racism. <laughs> that, that's not a thing. <laughs> well, it can't all be winners. Wait, wait, wait. If, if it's international racism, wouldn't it be called spacism? It's not international, Pat. Whatever, it's man. It's universal. I meant universal. Shut up. Studios. You're beautiful. <laughs> Get in the basket. Incidentally, that's a box and a basket. A basket and a box. I got that backwards. So overall, what do we all think of it? It sounds like we got thumbs up all the way around. I get oh, yeah. Thumbs up, yes. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree with you on this one. This is, I haven't seen it in years, but watching it again, even, you know, walking away from like, you know, that was just as good as I remember it being. You do have to take, like, like Joel said, you do have to take into account, yes, there is a 1970s pacing in this. There is a lot of... <laughs> It does. It is a lot slower pacing than movies than we're used to now, even in the last ten years. But I walked away from going. That was a really good movie. You know that would, that was enjoyable. I would watch it again. It's you know. I have a hard time I, telling the difference between uh, Joel's five tone Close Encounters theme and him and playing Simon. Simon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the only difference is a little at the end. Otherwise, it puts it in the basket. Yes. I have the same take pretty much as Josh in this movie. It's like you know. Um, you know, these aliens are going around and they're obviously a superior, you know, form of being than we are. They're much more intelligent. They're able to tra- travel across galaxies and so on and so forth. And they don't know what we are. And, you know, for all they know, you know, we're just like insects or whatever. We're like, you know, not sentient, as, as Josh said. And, you know, they're doing all these things, taking people and just dropping, you know, dropping things wherever they want. They're like little kids as far as that goes. Because, you know, I mean, do you give a, a, a rat's ass if you pick up, you know, something that an ant was playing with and then throw it somewhere else? You know, you're not going to be like, oh, it goes right back here where you were playing with? Sorry. You know? Right. Yeah. And then, and then just su- throw and then it back suddenly, in the box. <laughs> then suddenly we build this base at the coordinates and, and, and we, we and like you said, we start this, inter, you know, this communication. They're like, hey, you know, look what they're doing. They're doing it. They, they, res- they responded to our coordinates. They're building this thing. Let's go check them out. And then, you know, suddenly they're like, oh, we're, they're, they're sentient. Okay, well, let's give them all back then. <laughs> but <laughs> the whole communication, yeah, the whole communication thing when, when the, you know, because to me, it's like, it's almost like that five-tone thing was just like a basic, like, hello. So it's like, we just keep going, hello, hello, hello. And they're like say, <laughs> saying all these other things. And then, and, you know, like, me hey. looking for? <laughs> the alien is like, like <laughs> we've noticed that you've built this base for us. Do you want to communicate? <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> like, well, they're like sentient, but they're all retarded. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, finally, on like the 15th hello, they're finally like, yes, hello, we get it. <laughs> That's why they blew out the windows. Exactly. Exactly. It's just so funny to me. I'm thinking that the whole time when they're doing that. <laughs> Though I do. Okay. Remember. Blah, 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 sorry. The that whole scene where they're talking back and forth with the music. Yeah. I still thought was probably the coolest scene in the movie. Yeah. I was waiting for and the, one of the. Oh, go ahead. I'll say one of the trivia in there is that they the they brought in that gigantic keyboard, which back then that sort of thing wasn't just something you can buy at Target to do your Casio. <laughs> yeah experiments on um, you couldn't just steal it from erasure <laughs> yeah pretty much so they had that sitting there the and the technician that came in to show him how to use it and how to set everything up he was showing spielberg he's like all right this is how you do it. and he started playing music on there and spielberg was just like yeah you're in the movie <laughs> so that guy who's actually doing all the keyboarding in that is actually the keyboard technician <laughs> that was sent out to teach them how to do Why it so he's like they hire herbie hancock and then and then uh then um eddie murphy comes in and puts a banana in the tailpipe 
and then and then Eddie Murphy puts a banana in the tailpipe of the ship, and they all have a good giggle as Judge Reinhold uh, has a sandwich. That happened. I liked the movie. By See, that, the way, that's exactly why I, they didn't do. I that. liked yeah. the movie. I enjoyed it. I was very. I was. I was casually impressed that uh, it held up as good as it did after all these years. Yeah, I've never I, seen it. it was, I've, I've always been, something else. I've always been fascinated by alien movies because I've always just, you know, I, I've loved, you know, reading about astrology and just doing all that stuff and, and cosmos, you know, the new cosmos. I'm excited about that. And I just love, like, you know, thinking about outer space and alien stuff like that. I've always wanted to be abducted. So, you know, you, you do. if there are any aliens out there listening to our podcast, come get me. Or guys with windowless bands. Right? What? Yeah, I think he meant astronomy. He said astrology, but I think he, he meant astronomy. Astrology? Astrology? You totally you, said you astrology, said ast- yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, not astrology. Astronomy, sorry. Big difference. Tentacles, yeah. NT, big difference. <laughs> he just wants to meet an alien and ask, what's your sign? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to meet an alien that's a Scorpio. <laughs> oh, when the ships came together and made the Big Dipper? That was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. When the ship comes down, you better ready. be ready. When the ship comes down. <laughs> That happened. <laughs> Cypress Hill. All right, I think we can go to the break. Yeah, I think we're going to break now. We've gone from Close Encounters to Cypress Hill. I think we've yeah. derailed. Four thumbs up for Close Encounters of the Third Count, as usual. Yes, and now we're going to take a break. And- oh, real quick, what? last thing I'm going to say it reminds me just briefly. Uh, you ever, you guys ever watch Jiminy Glick? You know the Martin Short thing that he does. That he interviews. I've never people. seen Jiminy Glick. There's a great one where he's interviewing Steven Spielberg, and he and he just asks him, he's like, "When are you gonna make a movie that really resonates with the people?" <laughs> <laughs> so after that, we're gonna go on break, and then we're gonna come back and talk about the fourth kind, not the sequel, not the sequel. It feels like yesterday that they took me away, and though I couldn't walk for days. Felt a okay. I wish they didn't let me off to be ignored. I'd rather get back on the ship and enter through the back door. Abduction. Please take me back. Please take me back. Please take me back. Welcome back. We're back from a break. Everybody's been fed and watered. Oh, I pee. Or- Hooray for you. Yay. Was it in the toilet this time? It was. Because I know that there are, Amy's upset a few for peeing in the hamper all the time. Never peed in the hamper. It's oh, in that's the sink. No, Oogie, Oogie pooped <laughs> no, on the TV. Oogie, yeah. No, he yeah. peed on the TV and, and pooped in the trash can. <laughs> that's right. And he, he almost dumped in your uh, cedar chest. Yeah, that <laughs> that's what the, I was That would have been the, the end of Oogie if he had done that. <laughs> Do as long as he doesn't his... pee in the basket, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it puts a lotion in the basket. That's my grandpa's basket. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we are back and we are talking about the fourth kind. Which is not a sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind, or the but fifth a, or the sixth, or the fifth sense. element, not at all, or the seventh. Side. It has nothing to do with any of these movies. In fact, Joel is not going to uh, talk about absolutely nothing related to or what we're talking months. about for the rest of the show. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Eight and a half weeks. So, this is a, a movie came out in two thousand and nine, and it is a quote thriller involving an ongoing unsolved mystery in Alaska where one town has seen ex- an extraordinary number of unexplained disappearances during the past 40 years and there are discussions of a federal cover-up in Nome, Alaska yes, yes. starring Mila, Mila Jovovich oh, Will, Pat- yeah. Will Patton She's fucking- Hakeem Ka Kazim as a Walla Zuzumi <laughs> his- I'm sorry what? <laughs> Walla <laughs> Walla Doomy. Corey Johnson. I want you to do two shots of absinthe and say that again. <laughs> I don't have any absinthe. I've got some uh, chartreuse. <laughs> do some of your personal branded coffee and then do it. 
No, I would like to sleep at some point. <laughs> Drink some of my Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah, get diabetes. And we'll, we'll tell the Kool-Aid story at some point or another. But the fourth kind hey, came out 2009. Let's just talk about stories from the past. Anyway. <laughs> it's, You're saying. So this movie starts out with Mila Jojovich doing a little prequel talking of this is the recordings that we have found. This is the blah, blah, blah. This is, there's found footage. I'm going to play this person. Other people go play different people. All the names have been changed to protect the innocent. You must make up your own mind. You know what? It kind of reminded me of you ladies, you, whose gentle hearts <laughs> you fear. All <laughs> this monstrous mouse that creeps on floor. See, here's the thing. It, they did this whole thing when the, when the movie originally came out that was... It, not not spoilers, but it was they said it was ooh found footage. This is from this person. But is it though from Nome, Alaska? Is it? And it they had her. She pl- she was played by a Muppet, uh, the original psychologist. She was the worst looking person I've ever seen in my life. Please but tell me it? you're you're not actually asking that question. I am. I'm I'm going to be the devil's advocate of the listener and no ask. No way. Was no, it based on a true story? No fucking way. Okay, that's no. I'm just getting that out there so people who actually watch it. I, I, yeah. When because when they when this came out, people naturally came out. He said, "Oh, this is found footage." People called the uh, psycho- psychology board or whatever the hell it's called up in Alaska, and they said, "We don't know who this person is." Yeah, the fact that people believed that the found footage was actually real past a certain point means that people need to stop drinking bleach. <laughs> I don't think they believe it. If they well, one of the one of the first one of the first little chinks in the armor of the "is it true or not" happened when the IMD pay, IMDb page. Um, the woman who played supposedly the, the, the real woman, you know, the real psychiatrist who the videos were about and everything, you know, that they kept showing the actual clips, trying to say that it was real footage. Well, the woman who played that part actually went on IMDb and, and put herself into the movie and, like, wrote a biography for her own acting career. So that kind of, everybody's like, oh, well, she's an actual actress. That's not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's. That kind of screwed part of the movie up. (laughs) I didn't know that. I I actually hadn't heard of this film until uh, we talked about watching it for this. So when I sat down and heard the You Ladies You speech and (laughs) thought it was going to actually have some found footage, at first I was on board. And I think one of the reasons why I am so vocal in my dislike for this movie is because I I was sold on the concept up to a certain point when they started doing the like, actress playing the doctor and the quote-unquote real doctor in a split screen saying the same thing at the same time. I was like, okay, I can get behind this concept. This is pretty cool. And I was buying it right up into the point where uh, the one character, I think, Tommy, takes his wife hostage with a gun, and then he uh, he ends up doing a murder-suicide on camera. I'm like, nope, fuck no, this didn't happen. Because there's yeah. no way uh, the locals, his surviving relatives, his wife's surviving relatives, any of them would ever allow them to use a movie based on this tragic tragedy, nor would they have allowed his therapy sessions that led to this tragedy to happen in the United States. Yeah, that's a straight HIPAA violation. And when I realized that I'd been duped, I was mad. <laughs> I was all of a sudden angry at the movie because it's like there's a certain amount of trust you have. Like when you go to watch the Blair Witch Project, you don't actually believe it's footage somebody found. <clears throat> but in this, they come up and they lie to your face and they say, this is fiction and the rest of it's real. And when I got to a spot in a quarter into the movie when I realized the real was also fiction, I was pretty much pissed off for the next hour. <laughs> Let's see. This isn't the first time I've seen this. I watched this with Patrick when he was up here. You did? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you watched it twice? And 
Yes, I have seen it twice. I've seen it three times now. Whoa! Yeah, you're a glutton. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, he is. And uh, I agree with you, Josh. I mean, there is a point where you're watching this and you're like, okay, this is this is cool. It is does read almost like a bad documentary. Mm-hmm. You know, because at the end they're like, okay, this is the these are the facts. These are what we've told you. Now you have to make up your own mind. Mm. But it's all bullshit, right? Uh, it actually, uh, in, in the trivia, is that the Alaska Psycho- Psychiatric Journal and all that, uh, Alaska News Archive and all that, intri- all that talking about Tyler doesn't exist. Basically, people dug that up immediately. The other thing is that the interviews have angered the families of real missing persons in Nome, Alaska, for trivializing what, what has happened. That I had to hear, yes, also. Yes, the uh, Melanie Edwards... The vice president of Kawarak, K-A-W-E-R-A-K, is a, pe- is a group that represents tribal people in Alaska, described the movie as insensitive to family members who have gone missing in Nome over the years, and Universal Studios refuses to discuss the movie with that organization at all. They're like, they're hoping that everyone will just forget about it. I don't think that's going to be a big thing. Yeah, I think yes. other people are, uh, are willing to forget about this movie. Wait, yeah, what uh, movie? Gnome, other things that are, <laughs> other trivia about this one is Nome, Alaska is actually 51% native Alaskan, but the only people in this movie are white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Huh. <laughs> it's, everybody's white. Well, no, that's um, not true. All of Walla 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 isn't. And Nome, Alaska, by the way, is not hilly, has no mountains, and no tree over eight foot tall. Just Yeah, so this movie was bullshit all around. <laughs> <laughs> one, uh, one other thing I noticed immediately, and I, I talked a little bit about it at the beginning, is that I noticed right when her son started being a jerk to her, and she called him by name, and I was like, oh my god, we have the link here. <laughs> if you have a family mm-hmm. member named Ronnie, they are a dick for no reason. Yeah, that's right, because his wife was a Ronnie in the uh, third kind, and fourth kind Ronnie was, and again, Ro- mom flips out, so naturally the children are going to attack her. Yes. <laughs> not comfort her, not help her out, and he went pretty damn willingly to the police anyway. So it's pretty okay. obvious that the, the writers in Hollywood do not know what a functional family is like, <laughs> or due process. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> oh yeah, when you get to the sheriff, basically he, he's like, "I'm gonna arrest you for putting people under hypnosis." I'm thinking, what's the charge? Yeah, it's like, you're well, cheap. yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna arrest you, but you're under house arrest. Oh, thanks for involving How? a court there, sport. <laughs> yeah, and then he yeah. takes yeah. their thank you, judge. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, then they take your kid away. No court involved. <laughs> yeah, that's, which is ridiculous. Um, what was that? I just lost it. <laughs> okay, well, I, this, I, year, this year, idiocy of everything just went and burned my brain. I will go ahead and, of course, be the dissenting vote. I didn't I didn't hate this movie, but I, I, I liked it because I thought right. it did a good job of setting mood and being, you know, creepy and all that kind of stuff, even though the ending was was just stupid and their premise and all that kind of things, you know, but I didn't, I didn't like it. Of course, the last, you know, 20 minutes of this movie, but I mean, I enjoyed the feeling of watching it the very first time I watched it, the creepiness, the, you know, getting freaked out and everything, but I don't, I, I, don't, I, could have, I don't love it by any stretch. Did you uh, get, have the same moment of feeling betrayed? Cause I think that I might've been able to get on that train. Right. Yeah. You definitely jumped on that a lot sooner than I did. By the time I got, I think the time I got on that was the levitation. <laughs> sure. Yeah. The levitation was a big, you know, was was the flag for me the first time I watched it. Yeah, but 
the other thing that I she is must be the worst goddamn psychiatrist on earth. <laughs> Cuz I didn't you know I my husband okay spoilers spoilers my husband would never commit suicide I would know about it and you would block it out of your head and write a whole story in your head about somebody came into the bedroom and stabbed, stabbed him to death repeatedly with a sharp knife. Um did anybody else <laughs> get confused as to whether you were watching an alien abduction movie or a possession film? Yeah, I, ne- I never that had that was... moment. I saw you commented on that in the chat. I remember, and I, I never had that in a moment where I thought it wasn't anything other than aliens. They presented it though with the whole Sumerian text and the mouths yeah, gaped yeah, open they, and the people yeah. floating. It was very much like an exorcism kind of. Well, film. I, th- I think what they were trying to say is there were times when people associated demons, you know, associated aliens with demons. They were trying, you know, what they thought were demons were actually aliens. Is that what they were trying to do? I yeah, think. maybe I they were trying to say whether it's an alien, a demon, or or even a god, they're all kind of the same thing, and they've always been here, and right. they're all unknowable. I mean, and a, kind you know, to, of to us, too. to us, it's it, it's no difference whether they're one or the other. I think it's, kind of, I found it. I, I mean, the, the the video of the people going and talking in Sumerian, Sumerian or whatever. That part was a little creepy. The rest of it, I love Mila Jovovich. I I just I I couldn't do it. I, I felt, thought the creepiest part was playing the tape when, when she was listening to her own. Oh yeah. Tape. Oh yeah, yeah. And then the uh, her fingernails. Yeah. Yeah. Having being the, all bloody. Yeah. And and the scratches on the floor. Yeah, and that I mean it. They never actually show an alien. They show figures. They show the the disc floating over the, the over house. the uh, the house. And and that's the other thing. My my daughter has gone missing. They took her through the ceiling. Ask your ask your uh, guy out front. He saw it. Well, it didn't record. I didn't ask to see the video. Talk to the guy. Yeah. What he just, I mean, they have audio of him going, holy shit, The man shit, has look eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not a recorder. It's like, forget all that talking stuff. I'm going to break your furniture and arrest you. Yeah, why did he break for, the mirror? For contempt of cop. <laughs> you're, you're under house arrest. I mean, and at one delicious. point, the other doctor, Dr. Campos, actually is, says to him, it's like, you can't just arrest somebody because they say something you don't like. And he gets this look on his face like... Like, that's what the judges keep telling me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you must be new to Gnome. <laughs> you say so, but this is America. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. I I didn't want to watch it. He puts under house arrest. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done here. I will say Milojovovich's no. acting was fine. Yeah. That was good. Why did her daughter go blind again? Masturbation, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, dude. It was some sort of psychological thing, though, I believe, is what they were insinuating. Oh, my God. (laughs) Basically, like, she made up... The doctor made up a story when the husband died, the little girl went blind, and the kid, the older kid, turned into a raving dickbag. (laughs) I don't think he turned into one. He always was one? What the fuck was that? I was a sprinkler. His name was Ronnie. Oh. I I think think that was a pre-existing condition, is what I'm saying. Oh, Ronnie was a dickbag before his dad got yeah. off. I think and he, I think he just kind of exacerbated the condition. Exacerbate. Yeah, and then, and then, that, I mean, he is a complete dickbag. Okay, the kids know that the dad shot himself. I'm assuming. Yeah. Why don't they just Why don't they just beat that into their mother's head? Yeah. Like, Cut it out, mom. Because then no, she think that something else kidding. happened. Like they left him at Chuck E. Cheese one day, and when he went out for smokes. But see, like when they're eating dinner, you know, oh, well, who, who who are you playing in the game tomorrow? So-and-so. I told you that. I'm sorry, I forgot. Dad would have remembered. <laughs> what? 
What? I mean, how how grasping at straws yeah, are you? That's some strange, <laughs> massive, aggressive shit. <laughs> yeah, seriously, kid. Oh, uh, but yeah, like, I mean, what? Now, now it's my punctuality that is <laughs> that's at stake here. What the hell? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't understand. You, you know what the hell I mean? Shut up. I'm high. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, and if my kid had criticized, like, you can't help anyone, you can't do your job, blah blah blah. You know, I'd have called the sheriff to come in and break his skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> He said, "He said police are dumb." Oh, he did. Didn't he? You're coming. He said, with "You'll me. never break my skateboard." You're under house arrest. <laughs> so is your skateboard. All right. Well, I wish we could say more about this. I it, don't. it was it was just terrible. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I tried to like it, but from the very beginning, when I was like, "Am I watching the special features?" Because they're like, "This story is true." Blah blah blah. I'm like, uh, "Okay." And then when it ended the same way. I found that uh, disjointed. Yeah, I, I honestly think yeah. this, this entire movie would have been better served if it had just been treated as a fi- piece of fiction from the yes. beginning. They yes. didn't try uh-huh. to do, you know. Yes, very much. Yeah. They just would have this... said, this is a complete BS from the start. I think I would have actually, might, I wouldn't say I'd enjoyed it, but I would have gotten it a little more and, and probably would appreciate it and not have hated it so much. Well, they don't even have to say it's BS. Just don't say it's real. Yeah, yeah. Just treat it like a movie. Just just start it without that little you know prologue or whatever. Yeah, and they doubled down on their ad campaign. Like, when people started calling them out on their shit, they just stuck to the story. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> this stuff. Nope, nope. They're like, no, these are just plots to discredit our movie and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> We're get just trying to get out there. <laughs> okay, so I looked up the um, the director. Oh, I just want to say real quick before we, we, we get totally off this movie. Well, I guess I can't really say before we get off the movie because I'm about to totally change the movie. So anyway, I've already hijacked this conversation, so I'm just going to keep talking. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> um. If you really want to see a movie that's based on true weird events and strange things and it's kind of creepy and there's not a whole lot of understood truth to it, go see The Mothman Prophecies. So that's kind of, it's kind of like Fourth Kind, but much better. I've, 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 that's it, one with... It was shit. It's better than this. <laughs> it's, that's one with Richard Gere, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> it is. I it actually kind of like The Mothman Prophecies. So yeah, I'm being so serious. I, I mean, that's not a bad movie. It is much better. It's, a, it's, it's done much better than this is because... Really, things weird things have happened in Nome, Alaska, and and this movie just kind of took that as the only thing it had in common with it, and jumped way too far away from it. But the whole Mothman yeah. prophecies, the movie itself, is is fairly true to a lot of the stuff that has happened in that town in Pennsylvania. And it's just, I mean, if you read up on all the stuff that happened in that town, it's really creepy. Terrible. Shut up! It's not terrible. <laughs> it was. I watched it. I did not like it. I liked. It. So anyway, the director Olate Unasami, who was actually the guy interviewing the real psychologist he was actually the director oh, okay i looked up his bio it says known for work on the fourth kind and smoke and aces Oof. two oh. like smoke and aces really i looked it up he was the assistant to somebody in smoke and aces oh that maybe made well simple. he went from that to, to having his own movie yeah and then he's done stuff on the tracy morgan show hmm. so have i yeah <laughs> well who hasn't i could take anybody Man, and I had so much hope for this film when they started talking about all of the people seeing the owls before they had trouble sleeping. Because right. it's kind of reminiscent of like Twin Peaks or the shared like, vision. Yeah, things. yeah. Where we, weird stuff are hap- weird stuff's happening in a town that's like away from everything else. 
Twin Peaks is something we need to do. I wish there was a... I mean, that's what I'm saying. Do they have something like that in Twin Peaks? <clears throat> one of the... Shared visions and stuff? Well, one of the big things in Twin Peaks was the owls are not what they seem. And that was something that originally, I think, the log lady said randomly. So, so there are literally owls in Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. And at oh, one okay, point, yeah. one of the majors is involved in like a SETI-type project, and usually all they get is random radio static. And like at one point, uh, in the middle of the transmission, it prints out, the owls are not what they seem. Agent Dale Cooper. And that goes back to static. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, it was one of the most chilling moments in the early episodes of Twin Peaks. So when they started talking about the owls, I was like, okay, this was pre-betrayal. Like, I was so in for the first, like, 15 minutes, which I think (laughs) is why I I hated it so much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's it's like... It's like you make it out with a really, really hot chick and you find out she's a tranny. And you know this. That ever happened to you guys? Yeah, I'm not. Just me? Just you. It's just you that has a problem with it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't make out with cars. So, what are are we doing next week, guys? Pat. I'm actually excited for next week after the crap that this one is. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. You want me to talk about what we're doing next week? Till we lose Pat and Joel and Josh. Josh, I think so. <laughs> you fuckers. <laughs> Next week we're doing heist films. Well, one specific heist film. One specific. The Italian Job. Mm, Italian. Yes, which should clear the palate for uh, for this piece of crap. Um, the Italian Job. We're doing the 1969 version with uh, Michael Caine and Noel Coward, which unfortunately none of us were born then. But it's still an amazingly good movie. And The Italian Job in 2003, starring Donald Sutherland and Mark Mark Mark. Mark, Mark, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Sutherland and Mark Wahlberg. Say your mother for me. Mark. So next week. And uh, also, if you guys, we're going to re- reiterate this again. If you want to give us any comments, any cracks, any suggestions for movies, uh, feel free to contact us on 40go14 at gmail.com. You can also find us on the Facebook page. Uh, look up 40 going on 14 on Facebook. And Josh, what about that phone number? That's great. Uh, <laughs> it's got what? seven numbers. It's 708-669-9727. There was, you go, buddy. Yeah, you caught me again. Uh, if you want to download the new episodes of the show, you can always find us at our home on the internet at uh, 40go14.com, or you can download our episodes on iTunes, TalkShoe, Stitcher, Blueberry, and one I'm forgetting. Come drop alley. Mm. Just my guess. What? I don't know. I'm guessing. No, he didn't for, he didn't forgetting anything. No, I get them all. You okay. Got them all. Yeah. You got them all. Twitcher. <laughs> not Twitcher. Twitcher. I don't know. Twitcher. The old the old book face or something. Oh, that, that's from Dawn of the Dead. We got a Twitcher. <laughs> the 2004. So, but yeah. So next week, tune in and uh, well, tune in, turn on, tune, download, tune in, turn, turn out, out. <laughs> drop out, and <laughs> drop out. Come on back, and we're going to talk about the Italian job. So you guys have a good night. I'm Mike saying goodbye. Oh, and I'm Pat. I'm Joel, and I'm not muted. Yay. And I met Bidfoot once. He made me a sandwich. <laughs> we had you disrespecting the police. You're under house arrest. <laughs> oh, damn it. Not again. Now i got to go commit suicide. <laughs> then he starts peeing stabbing. on things. You're under house arrest. Get in the basket. <laughs> basket. I will never be with you.
Have you guys seen the Mall of America? The escalators are huge. They take you all the way up and back down. And for only $19.95 and $24.99 shipping and handling, you can go on the escalators at the Mall of America. All you have to do. Escalator eat my dog. (laughs) Shut up, kid. Get back in the basket. I don't know what a basket is. It's something like a basket, but it's in a box. It's a basket. I don't want to go in the basket. <laughs> you know, my wife made the basket. basket. She made it in the in the Faberware, Faberware <laughs> crockpot. Cooks a basket in nearly six hours. You put it in in the is morning. Is your wife in the basket? <laughs> Shut up, kid. Get back in the basket. 